WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Tuesday, May 16th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today. Another beauty, kind of like yesterday. A little bit warmer. High. 81. Tonight, overnight, the clouds hang around, low 57. And then Wednesday, sunshine. Going to be cooler, though. The high just 66. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 54 and clear in Chestnut Ridge up in Rockland County, 56 and clear in Haddonfield, New Jersey, and it's 58 here and clear in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. I was in the WABC van yesterday driving through Midtown traffic, uh, and it was really trafficy as it always is in Midtown. Gets stuck. Uh, you know, in between a block, I think it was like 51st Street between 6th and 7th Avenue. And to my left, I hear screaming and I look out and it is the um, Writers Guild workers who were out on the picket line. I'm not sure if they were in front of a building. I couldn't really tell. It wasn't uh, NBC or anything like that. But I look out the window. I said, oh, OK, it's the Writers Guild walking the picket line. And then uh, I'm moving very slowly. I move up another 50 feet or so, and I see someone out of the corner of my eye staring at me through the passenger side window of the WABC vehicle, being a typical New Yorker, I guess, New Jersey, or somebody who grew up around here. I pretend to just completely ignore this person like I can't see them. But then I move the car up a little bit more, and this person follows me on foot a little bit more, and staring through that passenger side window, and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, I hear. So now I'm like, do I turn? Do I do the, but don't pay attention? So I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going to move up a little further. I move up a little further. He follows me. And then I turn to my right, and there it is, a guy <laughs> who I've known for years who's a writer for CBS. He's walking the picket line. And, uh, you know, it's one of those moments where you run into somebody in New York City and you're like, really? How did this happen? So uh, sure enough, he's on the picket line. Poor guy. Wants to get paid. I'm all in support of him. And uh, he sees the WABC van roll by and he says, who do I know at ABC? And he said, the only person I know at WABC is Noam Layden. And uh, sure enough, he looks at the van and I'm driving it. <laughs> he's like, what's the chance of this? So, of course, he runs over and chases me down. So I pulled over, had a nice little conversation with him. Uh, on the picket line was uh, a bunch of semi-famous people. Uh, well, that's not a nice thing to say, no. A bunch of famous people. Uh, Judy Gold, the comedian, she was there with a megaphone. It was fun to listen to her and some others as well. So uh, they're still on the picket line. Last time they were, which was 2007, I think it was, 100 days they were out. It delayed the fall TV season. Now, the fall TV season is not what it once was because most people watch streaming instead of the networks. But it'll affect those streaming shows as well. So uh, they're looking just for a better payday, some health benefits, things like that. But they say they'll stay on the picket line until all of that is resolved. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. The migrants getting in the way of gym class at some Brooklyn schools. The NYPD pulls off a heroic rescue on a Staten Island ferry. A new stop sign camera has people seeing red on Long Island. 
There is an iPhone bug that has some parents freaked out, and a battle over a city bike goes viral. All right, let's get into it. 504. We'll start with those students who are not happy. Their happiest moment of the day taking gym class, but it's on Brooklyn schools. Gym class is over, maybe for the rest of the school year, thanks to the crush of migrants who are rolling into the city every day. WABC's Alex Barnard joins us live to explain what that's all about. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noam. And yes, that's right. City officials are turning to at least three public schools to help house asylum seekers. The move coming as Manhattan's Roosevelt Hotel will now be used as a processing center. The hotel has opened 175 rooms for families and 675 additional rooms will be opened later this week. So far, asylum seekers have arrived at PS 188 in Coney Island with about 75 adult migrants staying in the gym that is not connected to the school. They won't have access to any other parts of the school, and it's not clear how long they will stay in the gym. Two other schools, PS 17 in Williamsburg and a former school on Staten Island, will also be used as shelters for migrants. These shelters will hold over 300 asylum seekers. Officials also said Monday that two additional schools, PS 172 in Sunset Park and PS 189 on Crown Heights, are being considered for asylum seekers. Many of the parents at PS 172 are not happy with the proposal. There are so many places within this city that the mayor, the governor, or anyone, any elected official can put someone for housing, and they chose a school site. I think it's it's setting a dangerous precedent. That's Sheldon Austin, one of the co-presidents of PS172's PTA board, speaking to ABC7. His counterpart, Samantha Clark, also voiced her concerns. Does it mean that we have a building where there might be an emergency egress that leads out to where my children are playing in the playground? Yes, I'm very worried about that. The mayor's office released a statement saying in part, quote, as the mayor has said, nothing is off the table as we work to fill our moral mandate, but we should expect this crisis to affect every city service. Meanwhile, Governor Hochul says she still has not received an answer from the Biden administration on her request to use federal facilities for asylum seekers. I think it's a very reasonable request to recognize it is a federal problem and there are federal assets, there's federal facilities. Hochul reiterated that the city was running out of housing options and that the state is still working to find alternatives in several counties, but insists that localities will not foot the bill. Well, Alex, of course, uh, one account has a 4,000 migrants bust into the city in the last seven days, which is just enormous amount. And uh, But the fact that they're putting them in schools, you know, me, myself as a parent, we don't know who they are. That would freak me out as well. I, I, I think it's an understandable fear. Absolutely. Why would, you know... Just some strangers showing up in your children's school. Why wouldn't I be? Why wouldn't a parent be concerned about that? Yeah, lots of questions. How are they being protected? Are they being kept away? I mean, could be these or just nice families who've crossed the border. But I don't know that. Well, yeah, of course, right? You know, with crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license if you're looking for a pistol. Pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license. Call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. It's Everything is up in the air at the moment, I think. WABC News Time 509. Let's stay with the migrant story. Federal government says 
it is stepping up to stop the surge of illegal immigration at the southern border. As of today, we have approximately 550 active duty troops uh, that have arrived at the border. That's Pentagon spokesman Pat Ryder says another 950 troopers will be arriving at the end of the month. We do anticipate that another 950 uh, will be arriving no later than 5 June. Oh, I think I just said that. But uh, more uh, migrants think headed to the Texas border town of El Paso. We're getting these conflicting stories. They're having less interactions. They're having more interactions. Depends on who you talk to. The predominant number of, of those troops, as I understand it, are in El Paso. Yeah, so they'll do to for, something to fortify the border, or at least hopefully. And let's bring it back home where this migrant story really has just become huge over the last couple of weeks for sure. Westchester County says migrants have yet to arrive in any of part of their county. County Executive George Latimer says if any migrants arrive, they want to set up a satellite immigration court. And if the federal government does not have enough immigration judges, then they should recruit judges, retired judges, go through a training program, month, two months, whatever it takes, so that the judges who may have had other legal experience can then sit as immigration judges. So he says those field courts would be set up to process new arrivals for all counties, including Rockland, Orange, Putnam, Ulster, Dutchess. Latimer says he doesn't want people to be in temporary housing for months or years at a time while their cases are being reviewed. You cannot have people waiting a year, two years, three years, four years in a motel, in a hotel, in a, in, in a tent city along the border of Texas. We need to have these cases adjudicated quickly. Nassau County on Long Island, no, they don't want them. County Executive Bruce Blakeman says Nassau County, not a sanctuary county, as thousands of migrants come here to the city. He says the county will not take part in any sanctuary program for a bunch of reasons. First of all, there is no planning that has been done on the federal level for this. Uh, Second of all, uh, this would stress many of the services that are provided by our school districts, by the county, and by the towns and villages. And he says one of the biggest parts, which of course is the biggest part for a lot of people who are watching the migrants come into the city, is we don't know who they are. They haven't been vetted. We believe the borders should be sealed, that people seeking asylum should be giving a fair hearing, but they should be detained and not allowed to enter uh, the country until they have been vetted. To invite people in uh, who are undocumented with not knowing who they are, why they are here, uh, I think is very, very faulty. And it's something that we do not endorse here in Nassau County. It's all part of the spillover of New York City being a sanctuary city. As New York City runs out of space, they're paying to ship migrants to other parts of New York State. Yonkers, one of those places, prepares for up to 100 migrant families to arrive from the Big Apple. Yonkers mayor calling for what city leaders in the state to come up with a plan. Mayor Mike Spano says he's a big fan of Mayor Adams, but he says uh, they just can't export his uh, situation here in the city to local communities like Yonkers. Uh, we're much smaller than New York. We don't have the, the, uh, the resources that really would adequately take care of the needs of, of so many families when they come here. And what the uh, mayor of Yonkers says is most outrageous to him is that there's just a lack of communication about when these buses are, will arrive, where they're going, what hotels. We need a plan, and the plan has to be kind of inclusive of all communities, and the plan has to be we need buy-in, and we need funding. We'll, we'll press hard on our budget, and, uh, and you know, with, without a plan, Without the funding, 
it's a, it's it's a, it's really problematic for us. Yeah, of course, a big element of it is the funding. Where is this money coming from? As you heard before, Governor Hochul waiting for the Biden administration to respond to her request to use some federal facilities for asylum seekers. Of course, they still have to pay for lots of things outside of that, but at least they wouldn't be getting in the way of school gymnasiums in places like Brooklyn, Staten Island. I think it's a very reasonable request to recognize it is a federal problem and there are federal assets, there's federal facilities. So 60,000 people have arrived in New York City since last year from the U.S. southern border. Nearly 40,000 of those 60,000 still relying on city resources. And it's awfully interesting to watch some of the migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border. There were some local reporters down there talking to those migrants, and they said, hey, where is one of the first places you would like to go if you had your choice of where you'd be bused to? And it was amazing how many of them knew that New York was the place to go because it's a sanctuary city. And they said, hey, if you're going to put me on a bus and you're going to give me a choice of where to go, I'm going to go to New York. Uh, Here's more from Governor Hochul. Uh, If more time goes on, uh, they'll certainly be hearing from me. I'll be paying a visit, uh, continuing my regular efforts to say, help us here. Yeah, she's talking about uh, getting the feds to foot the bill. Mayor Adams has put the price tag for billion dollars. Maybe it's higher now, considering that there's more migrants coming uh, every single day. Buses rolling into the Port Authority. While the number of individuals coming across the border may abate for now, we still have to deal with the individuals who are here now. And I don't know what next week's going to bring. Will that be another huge influx? I don't know that. Yeah, uh, it seems nobody does. And they're trying to sort of figure it out, sort it all out as it happens. All right, 515, going to tell you about a daring rescue on a New York ferry coming up in just a moment. But first, let's go to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Say good morning and hello, Justin Ellick. Well, good Tuesday morning to you, Noma Layden. We'll start on the diamond here. The Yanks got back in the win column with a 7-4 series opening win over the division rival Blue Jays in Toronto last night. Ever since Captain Aaron Judge has returned to the lineup, offensive production out of the Bombers has gone way up, which is a pretty easy observation to make when it's Judge himself providing much of the offense like he did last night with his two homers. High drive, right field, going back, Springer turning, looking, see ya! A home run the other way for Judge, and it's one nothing Yankees. Deep drive, center field, there it goes, see ya! A monster shot! Over the batter's eye, a solo home run for Judge, and the Yankees lead 7-0. Those calls courtesy of the Yes Network. Willie Calhoun would add a two-run homer as well, while Anthony Rizzo and Kyle Higashioka would also drive in runs for the Bombers as they grab their sixth W in their last eight contests. They'll try and build on that stat come Game 2 of their Toronto series tonight at 7.07 p.m. Eastern Time. Domingo Herman gets a start against Toronto's Kevin Gaussman. As for the Mets, they got beat up. Um, on by the Nationals in Washington, losing 10-3 to in the four-game series finale to register a series split, as has been the case with the youngster David Peterson on the mound. He was incompetent once again, yielding six earned runs over five innings pitch. The Mets will try and bounce back tonight at 7-10 when they open up a series at home against the Tampa Bay Rays. Justin Verlander gets the ball against Tampa's Jalen Beeks. In hockey, Dallas beats Seattle 2-1 in Game 7 to move on into the Western Conference Finals against Vegas. That series, along with the Eastern Conference Finals, set to get underway later on this week. And tonight on the hardwood, your Los Angeles Lakers are going to visit the Denver Nuggets, the Western Conference Finals Game 1 
at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time tonight. Your sports on 77th WABC. I'm Justin Alec. WABC News Time 519. Boys, the NYPD good. A daring rescue taking place in the middle of New York Harbor yesterday afternoon. It was the rescue of an emotionally disturbed man who climbed out the window of a Staten Island ferry and was clinging to a window. There were two NYPD cops assigned to that ferry who saw what was going on and uh, called for the backup unit, the NYPD's elite emergency services unit, and they went to work to get this guy safely back into the ferry. This is a first as far as rescuing somebody in distress on the outside of a ferry. We uh, immediately saw the gentleman hanging off the side of the boat. Some people were in dry suits and some people were in rope harnesses just in case um, he actually went into the water or if he stayed on the ferry. We were prepared for both. So they tried the old tried to convince him to come in the window. That wasn't going to happen. So then they had to go outside of this window. And the by the way, the ferry's in the middle of the harbor. Okay, so and there's people on board. They have to stop it. They bring in other ferries full of cops from the emergency services unit to come and repel onto the boat, uh, tie themselves to the boat. I mean, these are really, <laughs> the video is really unbelievable. And they get close to this guy and you can see they are talking to him and then finally one officer just grabs him and holds to him tight and then they are able to push him through a window to safety uh really unbelievable i know it's just a day's work for this elite emergency services unit but it was uh, wild to watch and when the time was right we made our move and i had reached around my partner reached around me grabbed me and then everybody came in we're able to secure them without any incident. All of your training comes together and you can successfully save someone's life, somebody who's in distress. Uh, it makes it all worth it. So we don't know what was on, going on with this guy. Uh, police took him to evaluation nearby hospital amid hopes he can get some help. Let's hope he does to get the help that he needs. 521, while we're talking about the fantastic job of the NYPD, President Biden down in D.C. honoring the nation's law enforcement as National Police we kicked off yesterday. We thank our law enforcement community and recognize the heroism, selflessness, and absolute courage of officers all across America. Biden says the nation owes the officers a debt of gratitude. Uh, he says the answer is not to defund the police, but provide better resources, training, things like that. Being an officer isn't just what you do. It's who you are. You serve, protect, defend, and represent the best in all of us. Lots of officers going to D.C. for this celebration of them. Nice to see. To provide you with the resources and training to be the partners and protectors of the communities that are in need. And uh, while that was going on yesterday, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell throwing his support behind a bill to increase penalties for criminals who target police officers. Federal mandatory sentencing for killing a police officer, higher consequences for assault, and new separate penalties for fleeing such crimes across state lines. McConnell says officers' jobs getting a whole lot tougher uh, he says liberal Democrats getting in the way, prosecutors failing to hold criminals accountable. They've continued to risk their lives to enforce our laws, even assault on crime. Liberal prosecutors do everything they can to avoid holding criminals accountable. 
And it was the cops who were called yesterday to a Virginia congressman's office. Jerry Connolly says two members of his staff attacked by a person with a baseball bat yesterday morning. It was in their district office in Virginia. Ryan Noble's reporter on the scene. In that attack, two staff members were injured, including an intern who was working in her first day on the job. It comes at a time when threats against members of Congress are at an all-time high. Virginia Democrat says that the individual entered his district office, asked for Connolly, the congressman, and that's when he attacks staff members. The person is in custody. Two victims taken to area hospitals, thankfully, uh, non-life-threatening injuries. But you can imagine what a scary moment it was for them. And while we're in, uh, we'll go from Virginia to D.C. to the IRS, taxpayers could soon be able to fire their taxes digitally, free of charge, directly with the IRS. So many of us use those online services. Maybe in the future you won't have to. The Washington Post reports the agency's been quietly developing its own prototype system that could disrupt the tax prep market. The Inflation Reduction Act set aside $15 million to create a free and direct filing program. The system will reportedly be available to a small group of taxpayers through a pilot program by January. Right now, the IRS works with several companies to provide free e-filing for qualified taxpayers. I'm Lisa Taylor. Former President Trump's had a tough couple of weeks. That civil case down in lower Manhattan getting some satisfaction yesterday, expressing validation after a report says the FBI never should have launched the Trump-Russia probe during the 2016 election. Brian Shook has more. DOJ Special Counsel John Durham's report says the FBI rushed to investigate Trump and ignored evidence that would have exonerated him. In response, Trump told Fox Digital that former FBI Director James Comey and Democrats need to be held accountable. He said he was a victim of this long-running and treasonous charade started by the Democrats. I'm Brian Shook. Ron DeSantis is watching that and some of the court cases very closely as uh, he's about to make his decision or I imagine his announcement that he's running for the White House in 2024 any day now. Uh, He moved his political operation within Tallahassee yesterday, and that apparently triggers these um, election laws where you'd have to then announce what your intentions are. He was asked about this yesterday. As the attacks have ramped up, you know, we've had to create some some cover for us, not only in our office, but out there. So there's a variety of things that go into that. And, you know, all I will say is uh, uh, I promise we would we would deliver big. We have obviously we've got a couple more things left on the agenda. I'm going to sign the budget soon. Yeah. So he wasn't taking the bay yesterday when the reporters were asking him, OK, are you announcing today, tomorrow. But um, I guess any day now, there were some thoughts that it was going to be middle of the May, which, of course, is today. Uh, 16th is about as middle as you can get. Uh, so far, no word from uh, the governor's office and when that announcement might come. And while we're in Florida, some Democrats crying foul is two Holocaust books now being banned from high school library shelves in Florida. Banning books has become a big thing down in Florida. Congressman Debbie Wasserman Schultz says with uh, anti-Semitism on the rise, now's not the time to ban these books. These kinds of actions push us in the wrong direction. And I mean, it's just unbelievable that in a high school setting that DeSantis would ban books. Of course, two sides to every story. Florida requires Holocaust 
education, but a K through 12 law allows parents to challenge instructional materials and books that they say don't meet standards. In this case, Florida's state education department said the books include special topics that were offensive to some parents. But uh, Wasserman Schultz not on board with that. And the reason that we had we have to embrace the concept of never again is so that you can truly make sure that atrocities like the Holocaust never happen again. We are just getting started on this Tuesday morning. So much to get to as we work our way up to 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning. A controversial plan in a small town on Long Island. They have a new stop sign camera that's busting people big time. There's an iPhone bug that has some parents freaked out in New Jersey. One lawmaker's trying to fix it. A battle over a city bike has gone viral. And New Jersey Senator Robert uh, Bob Menendez introducing some federal legislation that could stop New York City from moving forward with its congestion pricing plan. We'll get into that and a whole lot more. But first, this at 529. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. A station built just for you. Entertaining talk, information, and New York opinions. That is the stupidest, dumbest, most idiotic idea I ever heard of. The world famous and American original. Talk Radio 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yep, that's me. 532. Good morning. It is Tuesday, May 16th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today. Another beauty. High 81 tonight overnight. Those clouds hang around low 57. And then Wednesday, a whole lot cooler, at least than it has been. Sunshine high just 66. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 54 clear Chestnut Ridge and Rockland. County, 56 and clear in Haddonfield, New Jersey, and is 57 and clear here in Midtown. We will start this half hour, well, with the, unfortunately just a god awful story and update on a fire we told you about early yesterday in Jamaica, Queens, that took the life of a two year old boy. We have a little more details. The flames breaking out late Sunday night, Mother's Day, 106th Avenue, about 11 p.m. This mom uh, is able to race into the house to get one of her kids to safety. But then when she goes back in to try to get to her two-year-old boy, the flames, the smoke too much, she can't get through. And unfortunately, that two-year-old died. But that's too much of smoke. <laughs> it was too much. That's what my, my favorite great-nephew, you know, always playful. Or Jason. This one's a good kid. Have fun. Ride his scooters. I mean, it doesn't get any more heartbreaking. Jason Eli, two years old. Uh, firefighters finally got to him. They got him to Long Island Jewish Hospital, but uh, at that point, it was too late. The block, people knew the family. You can imagine everybody just devastated. The frames are mostly wood, and they go up like a cinder real quick. So if your horse is burned down and Jason was around right now, we'd be happy. We'd be happy. He's just two years old. I will lose him. 
you know. The horse could build back, but Jason can come back. No word yet what started that Blades of the Red Cross offering help to the family with at least a temporary place to stay. Up to the Bronx, uh, three people, critical condition. Following a school bus crash in the Bronx, this was yesterday afternoon, seven people in total hospitalized. Multi-vehicle accident happened in Co-op City. An 80-year-old man at the wheel of a Jeep, a 70-year-old female passenger, collided with this mini school bus, all taken to Jacoby Hospital, uh, a number of them in critical condition. The upside of this story, a small one, is this guy, Justa Kwanzaa, who happened to be walking by and did what you should do. He jumped into action to try to save everybody, both in the Jeep and in the bus. He ran to both vehicles, spoke to CBS, too. Loud thump. Boom. So I start running. I'm in slippers. Start running. I jumped on top of the car. The driver would try to get out. But we could not because his legs, he couldn't feel the legs. So uh, he saw that he could not get those passengers out of the Jeep. So he raced over to the school bus, tried to help them there. Inside the bus, these people are screaming. It's like a movie. Chaos. I got two kids from the bus, autistic, and one pregnant lady and the driver. Yeah, so police say there were six people on the bus, four students, the driver, uh, one student, a 21-year-old with special needs taken to Jacoby Hospital, unfortunately in critical condition. Three others, uh, including an 8, 10, and a 14-year-old, and the bus attendant, just minor injuries. No word yet exactly what caused this crash, but the thought is that the Jeep may have started it, may have uh, gone through a light. Uh, of course, police are investigating. 536, uh, out to Brooklyn, where people are on edge for sure. Uh, NYPD cops continue to search for this creep who broke into a Brooklyn Heights apartment, sexually assaulted a woman while she was sleeping. The incident occurred late last week. Neighbors in Brooklyn Heights say, you know, this thing doesn't really happen there too often. I was shocked. This is usually a pretty safe neighborhood. I couldn't imagine something like that. That's horrible. I would I would be really scared. Yeah, police say it was about 2 a.m. Uh, Henry Street when this man walked into this woman's apartment. She may have left the front door open. Uh, the victim did not know her attacker. Uh, once inside, uh, sexually assaulted her, then grabbed some wallet and jewelry. Uh, thankfully, police have some pretty good video of this guy because he jumped the turnstile at a subway. They've plastered his picture all over Brooklyn Heights, hoping someone recognizes him. There's people out here with no intentions, just seems to be walking around aimlessly, seeing opportunity. And it's so sad to hear things like that happening and to see it happening to just a random woman oblivious to it, too. It's terrifying. Yeah, a sketch of the uh, Sussex suspect's face. Unwanted posters now plastered all over Brooklyn Heights. Let's hope they catch this creep or someone turns them in very soon. WABC News Time 539. Governor Hochul, like uh, lawmakers across the country, are seeing shortages in so many professions. Some of this is baby boomers starting to retire. And the other part is people just not going to work. I don't know how that works. How do you collect a paycheck and not show up at work? But some people have figured that out. So uh, one of the fields is the nursing industry. Governor Hochul hoping a newly signed law will help combat New York's nurse shortage. The latest measure allows nurses to complete up to one third of their training through clinical simulations. It offers more 
opportunities to be even in more intense situations and scenarios that even might not occur in a clinical environment. Think about that. You have everything thrown at you. You may or may not if you're dealing with real people. The governor says the high-tech training, just like working real patients, and it comes highly recommended by industry professionals. It can be tough right now to, for schools to find the ability to place people, find a lot of logistics involved, and it's basically less convenient for people. So, yes, it's a good way. But it's not the only way. And as bad as it is in the nursing field, the shortage is much worse in the teaching field. Uh, talk to any school administrator, no matter where it is across the country. They say there's just not enough teachers to teach classes. They say each year gets a little worse. They always worry around this time of year who's going to announce they're going to retire and if they're going to find a new crop of teachers to take over come the fall. Out to uh, New Jersey. New Jersey stepping up its efforts to stop congestion pricing. Senator Bob Menendez introducing federal legislation to stop New York City from moving forward with the plan. It's the very definition of taxation without representation. So he's proposing this plan that would take away New York's federal highway funding in retaliation for congestion pricing. I'll let him explain. There are ways in which the state of New Jersey can respond. If any jurisdiction imposes a congestion pricing system uh, that is done in a way that does not involve all of the participants, it would reduce federal highway funding and federal funds for transportation uh, proportionately. So there is a lot of thought this will kick in next spring. Uh, Menendez says congestion pricing is an attempt to close New York's budget shortfall by asking people in New Jersey to reach deep into their pockets. He argued in addition to the 17 bucks that it costs to cross the uh, Holland Lincoln, George Washington Bridge, which is just outrageous, uh, a 23 a day conge- dollar congestion fee would impose what he says a $5,000 a year burden on New Jersey drivers who work and do business in Manhattan. So he says he's going to try to push through this legislation that if New York gets congestion pricing, he'll get the Federal Highway Administration to take away money from New York. So the battle getting uglier by the day as New Jersey tries to protect uh, so many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who do business in Manhattan uh, almost every day. 542. Parents, educators in New Jersey calling on Apple to fix a massive and ongoing software flaw that they say could be dangerous for kids. Congressman Josh Gottheimer says he has firsthand experience setting iPhone parental controls for his young children and other parents have been voicing the same concerns for months that for some reason uh, they go away after a while. It's been open season for our kids in the Apple world. What was crazy was that Apple was virtually unresponsive to all of these parents and their concerns. So this glitch essentially undoes parental controls and reverts to original settings. Now, a lot of kids can probably figure this out on their own, but apparently it's happening without the kids doing it. So it allows kids to access any kind of content on any app without any time limit. So is this years? Is this months? When are you going to fix this? Why isn't there any urgency? Apple, silent. I'm stunned. Gottheimer says Apple's just dragging its feet since the company has acknowledged the issue but has not given a timeline on when that bug will be fixed. 543, we'll stay in New Jersey. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy signing a Seinfeld-inspired law aimed at combating telemarketers. This is the so-called Seinfeld 
bill. So it's in honor of an iconic episode when Jerry Seinfeld offers to call back a telemarketer. Maybe you remember that episode. The law requires telemarketers to state their name and why they're selling within 30 seconds, along with whom they're representing and where to reach them. I'm amazed that NBA answers the phone from a number they don't recognize anymore. But uh, you got a lot of senior citizens who are home still with landlines. I guess they answer the phone when it rings because it's old school thing to do without looking to see who it is. And so it'll be some protection from more of them. And this is a bill that makes you have to, when you call up somebody at home, when you're calling them up in the middle of their dinner, you have to say, I think within third, the first 30 seconds, John, you have to say who you are and why you're calling. Yeah, again, I ignore those calls. Telemarketers uh, who lie and misrepresent information on sales calls could be in a bunch of trouble as well. I don't know how you actually make this thing happen, but uh, they're not going to try to push this to bill through. And while we're talking Governor Murphy, um, he plans to nominate the first ever former public defender to serve on the New Jersey Supreme Court. Murphy wants Michael Noriega to fill the seat of Associate Justice Barry Albin, who will retire come July. I pray and hope that I've had a sincerely positive impact on our legal system and the lives of the people that I have represented over these past 20 years. But now my commitment is to all of the people of New Jersey. So Noriega is a criminal defense and immigration attorney and uh, gained bipartisan support for his appointment, which is rare. The nomination must first be approved by the New Jersey Bar Association before it moves on to the Senate. To borrow Michael's own words, he works with those at the most unimaginable crossroads. He only strives to help. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk and Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noam Layden. We'll start on the diamond here. The Yanks got back in the win column with a 7-4 series opening win over the division rival Blue Jays in Toronto last night. Ever since the captain, Aaron Judge, has returned to the lineup offensive production out of the Bombers, it has gone way up, uh, but that's a pretty easy observation to make when it's Judge himself providing much of the clout like he did last night with his two dingers. High drive. Right field, going back, Springer turning, looking, see ya! A home run the other way for Judge, and it's one nothing Yankees. Deep drive, center field, there it goes, see ya! A monster shot, over the batter's eye, a solo home run for Judge, and the Yankees lead 7 nothing. Those calls courtesy of the Yes Network. Willie Calhoun would add a two-run homer, while Anthony Grizzo and Kyle Gashioka would also drive in runs for the Yankees as they grab their sixth W in their last eight contests. They'll try and build on that stack. Come game two of their Toronto series tonight at 7.07 p.m. Eastern time. Domingo Herman gets a start going up against Toronto's Kevin Gaussman. As for the Mets, they got beat up on by the Nationals in Washington, losing 10-3 in the four-game series finale to register a series split, as has been the case with the youngster Lefty and David Peterson on the mound. He was incompetent. Once again, yielding six and runs over five innings pitch. The Mets will try and bounce back tonight at 7-10 when they open up a series at home against the league's best in the Tampa Bay Rays. Justin Verlander gets the ball against Tampa's Jalen Beeks on the ice. Dallas beats Seattle 2-1 in Game 7 and move on into the Western Conference Finals against the Vegas Golden Knights. That series, along with the Eastern Conference Finals, set to get underway later on this week. And tonight on the hardwood, your Western Conference Finals opens up. you got the Lakers in Denver going up against the Nuggets for Game 1. That tip-off set for 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Here with sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Ellick. Joe, I have an update on the Ken Rosado story you and I were talking about Ah, yesterday. Let's hear it. So uh, if you haven't been following along, 
long. Ken Rosado uh, very suddenly axed from Eyewitness News at the end of last week. And now an insider is saying that he apparently referred to his co-anchor, uh, Charlene Alicott, yes. with a four-letter word off mic, but oh, no. uh, was heard maybe by her and others. And that was why he was immediately fired. And my sense is there might be some truth to this story because uh, over the weekend, a rep for um, for Ken Rosado said that he had not said any sort of racial slur because that was right. the thought, right? Uh, when they asked him about whether he said anything, you know, a four-letter word uh, to Charlene Alicott, they didn't deny or say, yes, it did happen. So mm. it makes me think that maybe it did. But is that enough for him to get the boot after 20 years? Uh, I was just desk? thinking that, too. I mean, suspend him, make him apologize, and, you know, let's move on. I mean, he's a very popular guy. Um, but, boy, I don't know. It's it's uh, that's a lot. I <laughs> can fire the guy for that. I mean, it's horrible. You shouldn't have done that. That's pretty stupid. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you don't do that. But, you know, I, I don't know if it's a absolute fireable offense. I mean, Ken is such a good and, and you know him. He's yeah. such a good guy. Oh, and, nice. and, you know, I'm sure it was just a weak moment and uh, to ruin a guy's life for one moment, you know. But uh, but he, did you see yesterday on his Facebook page? He, no, he posted a picture of the ocean. He's in Florida already. Oh, he's yes. out of here. He's gone. He doesn't care. <laughs> well, I'm sure he has enough money to last for a while. Yeah, spending that Channel Seven money. <laughs> I wonder though if the two of them just weren't getting along. That's maybe that's what I don't it was. Know. You know, I don't know any of that. I don't. I don't talk to any of those people anymore. But. None of them. No, uh, Bill Ritter, I do. Which so what know, did Bill Ritter say? You must have. I didn't him. talk to Bill Ritter about this. I don't well, know. Call I didn't ask him. him. No, 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 no. He Get us the inside dirt. He won't say anything. Oh. But I talked to a couple of people, but, uh, you know, they were all kind of keeping their mouth shut because they don't want, they know what, they know the first thing I'll do is blurt it out to Sid oh. and they don't want Of course. <laughs> I'm going to call Debbie Duhame, our mutual friend, and uh, uh, she'll give she me the dirt. She won't know anything either. She'll know less than I do, probably. <laughs> she keeps her head down very successfully for a very long time. She, yeah, she has. She's, yep. There's nobody better. So None. All right, thanks, Joe. Yep. Let's get you up on uh, the big stories of the day. One of the bigger ones is just this rush of migrants that keep coming into the city. Uh, the Roosevelt Hotel yesterday, we told you, is now being transformed into a processing center uh, because the hotel closed during the pandemic. So now you can use all the rooms of the hotel to put migrant families. Uh, gymnasiums at a number of schools in Brooklyn and out on Staten Island have now been converted or are about to be converted into places for migrant families to live and uh, kids who take gym class are pretty upset about that because for most kids that's the favorite part of the day. I think it's um, not fair that we don't have recess because it's the only thing that kids love. I love gym class because it's um, it gives you blood pumping. PS 188 uh, was one of the schools that's going to be bringing in families, parents there, so they want to know about who these migrants are. Why don't they put them in Gracie Mansion? You're looking someplace to put them? Put them in the people who are elected, who put this in place. Put them in their backyards because you've dumped on us long enough. PS 17 Williamsburg, former school Clifton section of Staten Island. Some 300 adults will be staying in a number of those schools. Uh, there's cots in some gymnasiums this morning. Obviously, these folks need some place to go, but the idea that our kids can lose out on their gymnasium is kind of appalling, and I'm pretty sure this isn't happening in Park Slope. All these people coming from different countries into our gym is, I think, kind of dangerous. Because there's these strange people that we don't know, and they might be dangerous. 
And uh, New York, of course, city has just been overwhelmed. So they've been busing migrants to these outer counties, Rockland County, uh, up to uh, Dutchess County, Orange County. Uh, Westchester County so far has not uh, received any migrants, but the county executive, George Latimer, are open to it. And if the federal government does not have enough immigration judges, then they should recruit judges, retired judges, go through a training program, month, two months, whatever it takes, so that the judges who may have had other legal experience can then sit as immigration judges. Yeah, he wants to process them quickly if they do come in. Uh, not the case out in Nassau County, Long Island. Bruce Blakeman, the county executive there, says his county, not a sanctuary county. And he says uh, not going to welcome these people in because he doesn't know who they are. First of all, there is no planning that has been done on the federal level for this. Uh, second of all, uh, this would stress many of the services that are provided by our school districts, by the county and by the towns and villages. Yeah, so uh, he said not welcome in Nassau County. Uh, while we're out on uh, Long Island, uh, there's a town on Long Island, a Long Island village. It is called Saddle Rock. And uh, they've set up these cameras on stop signs because they say too many people are rolling through them. And if you roll through a stop sign now, it'll take a picture of your car and you'll get a $60 ticket in the mail. Uh, this is a small town, about a thousand residents on the North Shore. Uh, law, local lawmakers defending these cameras. Well, some neighbors not too happy about they're it. They're speeding. They're not stopping. And they don't give a damn. And when you hold their feet to the fire... The answer is, well, I'm not sure you're allowed to enforce it. So the village board voted in favor of issuing these $60 tickets to anyone who runs a stop sign. There's been a lot of pushback from people in town who say this is just a money grab. I think it should have gone through the state legislature first. I don't think it's technically legal. I think it's a bit rigid, actually. I think there should be some flexibility. They should stop all this nonsense because it's all about money, not nothing else about money. But the mayors of nearby villages, uh, Rosalind Estates, uh, say they would consider that are the camera stop signs in their communities because they're like, hey, well, it seems to be working uh, in uh, in uh, the North Shore town of Saddle Rock. A Bellevue hospital employee accused of trying to steal a city bike from a black man who had already paid for it. Maybe you've seen this video. It's gone viral. She can be seen crying, asking for help, accusing the black men of assault, even tearing up as a crowd gathers around. Uh, here's some of the viral video. It's a little hard to make out, but you can get the sense this woman walked over to get her city bike. Uh, African-American young man was next to her, said it was his bike and that he had paid for it, but she insisted it was her bike and this fight ensued. She starts screaming for help. This happened in the uh, Kipps Bay section of Manhattan. The video of the encounter posted on Twitter on uh, Saturday. 34 million views as of last night. Why you took his phone? What's wrong with you? Don't touch his phone. Do not touch his phone. I'm not touching you. You put your stomach on my head. Do stop. Yeah. So at one point, she snatches one of the young man's cell phones. She says, "You're hurting my fetus. She's pregnant." She eventually steps away from the bike. 
Um, a lot of people saying this is uh, similar to an incident you'll remember, um, reminiscent of the Central Park encounter between a bird watcher and a woman who was walking her dog back in 2020. Uh, lots of people want to weigh in on this. Uh, one is a friend of the woman who says she's no racist. I think they're blowing this out of proportion, very much out of proportion. But at the same time, she should have just stepped off that bike and left them. But as far as prejudice or anything, no. Uh, others uh, watch the video and say, no, they think she uh, was playing the race card. Kind of shows the level of like, oh, the entitlement that like, oh, I need to have this right now. We've all been in the hospitals. They serve all over New York City. Do you really want that type of person if you're coming in hurt? Do you want them serving you? I think it's just a bad look. Uh, we'll put that video up, wabcradio.com. You can watch it for yourself. Make your own decision.